Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Toe Meets Other podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today are three of the best friends that anyone could have, Andrew, uh, Artem, and Tommy. So we're going to get right into it, because week one left us with a fair bit to talk about. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, came out on top of a very disappointing FSU. Louisiana, Louisiana State came out and I think blew away everyone's expectations. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of crazy, exciting games on Saturday. Uh, Tommy, I'll start off with you. What is uh, what is your biggest thoughts coming off of Week One? Do you have a big hot take that you want to discuss? Um. Yeah, so I actually have two things that kind of hit me, and uh, I know we want to kind of talk about overreacting for week one, so I'm going to overreact in a big way. Hawaii's going to win nine games God, this year. God damn it, Tommy, you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so they're still going to lose to San Diego State, Utah State, and Fresno State. There's just no way of getting around that. I mean, Utah State really almost beat uh, Michigan State uh this week, which I think is a testament to both how good Utah State is and also a testament to Michigan State being a little overrated and missing a couple uh, pieces to really be, uh, you know, a top 15 team like the preseason rankings uh, pretended they were. Uh, but Hawaii's going to win nine games. Uh, interesting fun fact, uh, Hawaii's next two games are against uh, Duquess and Rice. Sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, those are the only two teams they are going to be favored in the S&P over the rest of the season, and it's not even going to be close. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if you look at uh, post-week one, uh, Hawaii is uh, like 120th out of 128. That's a little low, all things considered. No, my gosh. Oh, sorry. Sorry. 119 out of 128. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, that's so much better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, credit where credit's due. Uh, they are the worst two-win team in the country right now, uh, according to the, that ranking. Uh, so just uh, something to keep in mind. Also, uh, another fun fact, uh, I believe uh, their bye week isn't until later, so they could actually be the – first bowl eligible team in the country this year which is oh yeah that's a that's a fair point because they played week zero i don't know yeah hawaii yeah i don't think they have a bye week until later so Hmm. uh, could be fun uh also uh another uh kind of hot take is i think michigan finishes the season with a better record than notre dame um I'm not basing this off of schedule when I'm going over this. I'm basing this off of what I saw. I think Michigan, to fix the issues they had in that game, has a lot less to do from a coaching, a conditioning, and a mentality standpoint than I think Notre Dame does uh, coming out of you know week one, brushing the dust off and everything. Uh, if you look at that game, uh, so here you go. Two quarterbacks in there. One went 12 for 22 for 170 yards. The other went 20 for 30 for 227 yards, both through one interception. Uh, so to make up that yardish, Winbush would have to go 8 for 8 for about 57 yards. Uh, he did have the TD, but if you uh, look at that touchdown throw, 
uh, it was more a wide receiver jumping over the defender to catch a seriously underthrown ball that should have been intercepted. Um, also, the other thing is uh, really the reason Michigan lost is Higdon, their back, had 21 carries for 72 yards. Michigan as a team had 33 carries for 58 yards. So just to kind of put that in perspective, they need to learn how to run the ball. Um, I think that's an easier ask for Michigan with the players they have in place than I think it is to ask Wimbush to become a better passer uh, and make better decisions when throwing the ball um, and to not just scramble everywhere and hope that's going to work because, frankly, I I don't think he's going to be able to run like that against everybody. So that's my two overreaction hot takes. Well, now I'm going to have to rethink mine because you kind of stole one from underneath me. So I'm going to have to think about what my second hot take is going to be now that you've stolen the Hawaii. Don't let me go first, then. Fucking asshole. Oh, my God. Can I I just say that I think you're selling Hawaii short and you're selling Cole McDonald way short by uh, not picking them to win the Mountain Western Conference? But uh, other than that, I I do have to agree. They're going to be a very sick team to watch out for this year. All right, Artem, I tentatively hand it to you as Tommy reminded me that I could potentially lose overreactions or hot takes by letting other people speak. So what what do you got this week? (laughs) My kid might be adding a little bit to this one because she's a little chatty right now. But I got a couple ones. One I'm going to steal right out of the ESPN announcement. (laughs) And it's uh, ESPN's FBI has predicted that apparently A&M will be the hardest game that Clemson plays all season. Uh, Again, if you kind of look at what some of the top ACC teams did um, this past week, that, you know, that's uh, highly possible. Um, my second hot take will be that Florida State does not make a bowl game in Willie Taggart's first year. Uh, they look like hot garbage the other night. Um, the plays were way too vanilla, and even for a very young Virginia Tech defense, they were able to read what Florida State was going to do very well. Their true freshman um, DB got two interceptions. One of them ended up sealing the game for good. Um one more. Uh, Ohio State will not be the number one team in the Big Ten. I agree with Tommy. Michigan has a lot less things to fix. Um, I only watched the end of that game, but from what I could see, there was a lot of uh, quarterback switching. They put McCaffrey in for a drive. I wasn't sure that's because you know, Shea's helmet fell off or what, but I think Shea is going to come along as a passer. He's going to feel more comfortable in this in his system, in the pro system, and I think they're going to start kicking it off and go on a hot streak to end the season, uh, finally beating Ohio State. The reason I say that about Ohio State is they played Oregon State this past week, and even though they put up 77 on them, they also gave up 31 points to a pretty pretty not good Oregon State team. Can, can I just say I'm really proud of you for, one, not bringing up Texas, and two, for staying on the Michigan bandwagon, which you picked them to actually win the Big Ten. And technically, they haven't lost a game in conference yet, so they are still on track for doing that. Um, well, and they, lost, they lost this game close, so if they went out, I, I think they can still make the college football playoff. 
I am kind of curious because uh, Andrew and Tommy, I know y'all are more familiar with the system. How is it that FSU has not really improved their O-line? Because they looked abysmal. In fact, I was watching the coaches' uh, uh, coverage of that game, and there was so much of it where, well, either the quarterback was not making the correct reads or the O-line just was not able to block the f- front four that uh, Virginia Tech was sending which was mystifying to me. I'm like, how much talent does FSU have and they can't buy a no-line? It's crazy. So actually, uh, their offensive linemen were all top 150 prospects in the country. That was like, They said that during the broadcast. I was very surprised because you were right. They looked bad. Yeah, Andrew, do you got any thoughts? I, I need to go back and watch it. I, I had it on. I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. I was watching more kind of the the wide receiver side of it, and <clears throat> well, I, you know, about, I, I think I, I think Artem, you kind of hit on something where you made a comment about the the running back not looking great in that system, and that may be another part is <laughs> you know you ask guys in these spread systems to do different than you ask guys to run heavy downhill. Well, to to add, since you hit on that, they seem to not be doing things that were winning the game for them. So they had a guy, Patrick. He's a big running back, and he would pop you know six yard, eight yard, nine, ten yard runs. Every time they had him in, they'd get one of those, and then they'd be like, yeah, we're not doing that play again for the rest of this drive. So I think they were doing a lot of vanilla plays, and then they weren't they weren't doing what was working because they wanted to establish a pass or a screen game, and that just didn't happen. Yeah. So, Andrew, just to be clear, what when you say you're watching the receivers, you were really just watching our game for like the third or fourth time. And being yeah, mi- I mean that's 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 really what it was. And just being mystified at how bad we were. I did. I loved reading the Reddit comments between USF, the team that we're going to play, and the Georgia Tech fans over the weekend because we both won by blowout margins. And all of the USF fans are like, "Oh man, we won! This is awesome!" And all the Georgia Tech fans are like, "God, we're terrible." <laughs> <laughs> So, Andrew, what what are your overreactions following week one? What do you got? Um, Northwestern's going to win the Big Ten West. That's certainly an overreaction. <laughs> um, and then, oh, man, what was it? What was my other one? Well, while, while, you're wait, while you're looking it up, I can go ahead and get into mine. I, I think... Uh, my biggest overreaction, playing off something that we all kind of touched on, talking about the SEC earlier, and something that Artem has certainly been harping on, uh, LSU looked good. Uh, LSU LSU looked real good. I'm actually, bold overreaction, I'm going to say LSU doesn't lose another game this year. I think they're going all the way. They can go to the playoffs. If, if Miami is as good as we think they were, LSU looked supremely dominant on defense. And their offense was per- impressive when it had to be. They kind of just stopped after they got up by 33 points. They were just like, well, why do we even need to do anything at this point? We're, we're so far ahead. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I, I'm – of course this is an overreaction, but I, I am excited to see if LSU can keep this hot streak going down the road. Uh Artem, I know you know, Logan, I uh, read an interesting tweet this uh, week about that, talking about how LSU 
Texas, Michigan, Notre Dame, USC, when those teams are good, it makes college football more fun. Uh, but the real hot take is I would go to jail to see Hawaii win 10 games again. <laughs> I do. Is I that re- a bet? Are you saying you will do something to go to jail if they win 10 games? No, it's more of I would do that if I didn't have a child on the way. And you could promise me they would win 10 games. And it's I'm like sure. a pact with Satan. You do it beforehand, not in response to <laughs> No, nah, Logan, I disagree with you. I was watching most of that game. I know LSU looked good, but they only put up six points in the entire second half. And I, I think most of that was just bad quarterback play from last year from Miami. Um, they lost in the championship game. I didn't even watch the bowl game, but their quarterback looks bad. You know, I, I had that joke that I sent you guys while we were watching the game that uh, the United States government should uh, steal their quarterback from Miami and rent him out to overthrow governments because he was overthrowing receivers all night. And honestly, it was a case of kind of, I don't know what you call PTSD on the field. It was a sense of he sensed pressure and he would throw the ball away. And well, he wouldn't do it accurately. Well, they were one-dimensional. It was actually a combination because, like, he nailed his first two or three long throws and then from that point on, it just seemed like he had it in his head where it's like, if I'm in trouble, I should just throw it long and maybe I'll get a completion. And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, that's the sign of a good defense to kind of throw off a quarterback like that. But, yeah, I mean, I could see how it would be mediocre quarterbacking. I, I, I agree. This is We're talking over reactions. That's what it is. I'm trying, I'm trying to think, and I guess my other hot take or overreaction – I'm going to say uh, no team from – I'm going to say that a team from the ACC Atlantic will not win the ACC championship because I was not that impressed by any of them. But we'll see. I, I'm kind of curious to see how things play out in the future. I'm surprised nobody's given me any gruff about that. I guess nobody feels that strongly about Clemson this year. Oh, I just think you're insane. <laughs> I mean, you're not like, wrong. Like, this is where you're, like, walking down the street and you see the naked homeless guy beaten off with a pumpkin on his head and you just keep going. Because <laughs> it's, it's not worth trying to stop the guy. It's not worth fucking the guy. No, just let him live in his own little world of fucking a pumpkin and I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Here, here's a hot take for you. I bet with their schedule, Notre Dame makes the college football playoff this year. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, though, if they went undefeated. That's not really a hot take. That's just kind of like, you know, if they win all their games, it's probably going to happen, honestly. Well, it's a hot take because they don't have a championship game to play, so they're going to be off that week while everybody else is playing in big games. Well, yeah, but the Pac-12 has done a pretty good job of showing none of them deserve to uh, make it in. And then you just kind of, like, pick a Big 12 team or something like that to just screw up. So, I mean, again, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, but the, the real question, Artem, is can they make it with a loss to the Big Ten West champion this year? Because you know they do have Northwestern on the schedule. Oh, God. <laughs> they also have FSU, which I'm sure looks a lot harder than it did before the other night. I guess that, sh- I guess that should be my other hot take. Is since I went to that game, although I was pretty delirious throughout the most of it, I'm going to say West Virginia wins the Big 
12. I mean, that they actually looked pretty good when they decided to air it that out. That would have been way funnier if you had said they were going to win the Big Ten. I was I was on my way to saying that, and then I, I had to stop myself. I had to really try. And uh, I think Stanford wins the Pac-12 and makes the playoffs. Okay, so is that your official overreaction? Sure. I mean, right, we, you know, I, I, I got to say, though, I, I wouldn't be sold on West Virginia because remember who they played, and if West Virginia doesn't pan out to be as good as everybody thinks they are as week one, this will be the third year in a row that Tennessee in week one makes their opponent look really good or better than they are. I mean, that's fine. I can't wait for them to beat NC State and then to make – and NC State will be making them look way better than they are. They'll be all in their heads until they lose to Oklahoma. Don't worry. All right. So, Andrew, I guess you're the one who decided to break the uh, would break the seal talking about Stanford. So, the Pac-12 looked pretty god-awful this weekend. Arizona lost to BYU – with uh, Khalil Tate, UCLA lost to Cincinnati. Um, I was pretty sure that I was having, I was delirious. Because, uh, I mean, I was pretty dehydrated out in the sun all day, walking around Charlotte. So I wasn't sure if I, what I was seeing was real. So some of those games were just inexplicable. Andrew, uh, you've been very vocal in your defense of the Pac-12. Uh do you think that we should be worried about them as a conference, especially after how they finished last year and how they've started off this year? Watching that game, they couldn't produce anything the entire first half, and then towards the very end of the first half, all of a sudden they threw thrown into our Sega Whiteside, and San Diego seemed to have no solution to that problem at all. I feel like that was that was most of their, the rest of the game. Every time they tried something else, it wouldn't work. And then they're like, let's throw it our Sega Whiteside for 40 yards again. And the guy would be jumping over some short defensive back and then touchdown. Well, and again, I guess I'm just shocked by, like, we all picked Arizona to beat BYU. So this is either means that BYU is just way better than we're giving them credit for, or Khalil Tate is just not very good and someone doesn't know what he's doing. Which I know so Artem- Arizona had a case of the Texas. Um, I talked to a, a friend at work today. Um, and he kind of clued me into what happened in the Texas game. Apparently, um, Herman, just like someone, was telling his quarterback he needs to stay in the pocket and throw the ball and trust his offensive lineman. Problem is, you don't tell Vince Young to stay in the pocket. Vince Young's going to run. Same thing with Khalil Tate. Same thing with Ellinger. Those are two running quarterbacks. You give him a first, second read, tops, and let him do what he does with his legs. And neither coach seemed to really trust that. Um, and I completely believe that from someone's perspective. He tried to do that with Johnny second season, and we ended up losing two more games than we did the year before just because they didn't let him do what he could do. They were trying to develop passers. You know, that does make sense from a stats perspective, and I think Khalil Tate would be smart to take that advice, but it's going to hurt them in the short run. And, Tommy, you watched this game much more closely than I did because you had some choice words after Washington got beat by Auburn, especially for the refs. Was that game on Washington, or do you really think the refs played that integral a role? Uh, look, the, the first thing is that if it comes down to a single call, there's other things that could have happened in there. If, if you leave it up to the refs, it's your own fault for losing. With that being said, I, I'm more upset with 
the player safety and everything. If, if you go back and look, I think it was in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, it was a third down or fourth down play. Uh, Washington had the ball drop back, and there's literally textbook targeting. Linebacker comes straight to the line, completely unblocked. Somebody missed his assignment, and he just drops his helmet, uh, crown straight to the helmet of the quarterback, lays him out. I mean, that's what the rule's there for. You know, that could have kept the drive alive, could have ended up, you know, it's a two-point game, so could have changed it. But at the same time, Washington needed to win earlier. They didn't put up many points. So I will bring it back to the general question. Do seeing these losses really do seeing these losses concern you, Tommy? For the Pac-12, I mean, it's not a great perspective when your best team loses and your exciting younger teams like UCLA and uh, Arizona just stumble out of the gate against essentially nobodies. Well, let, let's be real. Arizona and UCLA have brand new coaches. You can't really expect them to be, you know, the hot new things. The coach just got there. Also, the fact that Chip Kelly's back in college is a little weird considering he left because Oregon was getting sanctioned. Um, I'm surprised UCLA got the show cause passed to bring him back to college. It's it's because uh, the show cause had expired. Oh, was it a limited show cause? It was an 18-month show cause. Oh, gotcha. Anyway, he hasn't had enough time to start cheating yet, so I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Um, as far as Washington, you know, they played Auburn. Uh, Auburn's a pretty good team. Uh, they've proven it over the past couple of years, you know. More often than not, they're going to be a um, – better team all right well andrew since you're the last person on the line do you want to give us a uh your take on it i think the thing is the teams that matter won or in washington state they lost to a team that's pretty good so stanford won oregon won usc won utah won so the teams that you were expecting to be at the top of the divisions weren't really that impact. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it sucks to see these teams lose, but Kansas lost to an FCS program. And no one's like, oh, my God, the Big 12. All right. Well, thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email to toadmeetsleatherpodcast at gmail.com and hit us up on Twitter at TML Podcast. As always, have a good rest of your night or day or whatever. Good night, everybody. Okay, I'm going to have to figure out how to do some things with the sound effects, yada, yada, yada. Hey, uh, I just dropped a thing in the chat. Have you heard of Craig? No. It's like a Discord recording bot. <laughs> so you don't have to like play it into a microphone. Ooh, interesting. How do I do that? Do I just...
Also, what does it record to, though? What format does it record to? Hey, how much time do I have before we start the next one? Um, I'll give y'all... 